0: All right. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to Grace Community Church Wednesday night service. I'm glad you're here. If you're here in person, it's good to see y'all. And if you're tuning in online, we're glad you're watching. Uh, If this is your first time watching, my name is Wade, and uh, we are glad to have you. Uh, For the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about having our own faith and not just, you know, uh, trying to Follow somebody else's faith, but having a relationship with God on our own. Uh, we're going in a little different direction this week, but it, it goes right along with what we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. Uh, but before we get into the message, let me, let me go ahead and open us up in a word of prayer. Father, thank you for the message you laid on my heart this week. I'm thankful, Lord, for uh, what it's doing for me in my own life. And I just pray for everybody that's going to hear it tonight, everybody that's listening online. Uh, and everybody that will hear it in the future, God, I just pray that you would uh, open their hearts and minds to receive it, and help us, Lord, to not only receive it, help us to remember it and apply these things to our lives, God, so that we can we can become the men and women of God that we're supposed to be, that you intended for us to be, and so that we can bear the fruit through our lives that you want us to produce. And it's in Jesus' holy name I do pray. Amen. All right. Uh like I said, for the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about how important it is to have our own faith. Uh, you know, it's good to have leaders and teachers to lead us and guide us and help us grow in our relationship with God. But if we don't have our own relationship with Jesus, our own relationship with God, you know, when we go home after the class is over, or, you know, when you're not around your teacher anymore, or when your leader is not around, then you don't have Uh, you don't have anybody around to guide you. Uh, And you don't have anything, if you don't have your own faith, you don't have anything of your own to guide you. And you're fine, like we said last week, as long as you've got somebody giving you directions. But when they're not around, you're back to relying on yourself, relying on your own wisdom, your own understanding. And, uh, you know, like I said, teachers and leaders are great. We, We do need them, but they can't change your heart. Uh, You can gain knowledge from them. You can learn things from them, but they can't change your heart for you. The only way you can change your heart is to surrender it to Jesus Christ and let the Holy Spirit enter into your heart, and he will guide you, and he will teach you, and he will lead you when nobody else is around, when you're all by yourself. Uh, That's what we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks is building our own faith where I have my own relationship with God and making sure that I'm surrendered to Him so that I have the Holy Spirit inside of me that'll teach me uh, when nobody else is around, that'll lead me in the right direction, help me to make decisions that point me the right way instead of going around just making mistake after mistake after mistake. Uh, I don't know how many of you guys come on Sunday morning, but uh, Pastor Josh has been in a series for the past few weeks on the proof of Christ in our lives. You know, the way we live proves uh, who Christ is and what He can do in your life and the proof that He's in my life. And one of the main verses He's been using is 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 6. It says, We prove ourselves by our purity, our understanding, our patience, our kindness, by the Holy Spirit within us and by our sincere love. Uh, and he's covered about all of those. You know, if you go back for a few weeks, he has been talking about purity and understanding and patience and kindness and love and humility and compassion. You know, there's a lot more in that verse than what, what you can see if you're just skimming over it. And uh, he's turned it into a whole series, and it's, it's been really good. If you've missed any of those, I'd encourage you to, to go back and find them on, on, the, on the church webpage or whatever. Uh, but you've got to have the Holy Spirit. All those things that he's been teaching on for weeks and all the things we've been talking about for a few weeks, all those things come from the Holy Spirit. You just cannot have the proof of Christ in your life without the Holy Spirit. You won't produce them. You know, you can do things and say that you're doing them in Jesus' name. Uh, You know, like for... Example: You can go pay somebody's light bill for them, and you can do good things, do something nice for people, but that don't change your heart. Like I've been talking about, without the Holy Spirit in your heart, then you're not really going to have true compassion for that person, or true love for them. You have to have the Holy Spirit for that. Like I said, we could go pay somebody's light bill, but that don't that don't make me love them in my heart. And the, a lot of the things in that verse, like patience, you know. That's something that you may may be able to pretend for a little while, but if you don't have real patience that comes from God, it's not going to last long. Or kindness. You know, like I said, you can do nice things, but if you don't have the true kindness that comes through the Holy Spirit uh, or love or humility or any of those things that you get from the Holy Spirit, you can do things that make it look like you have those, but they're not going to be genuine and they're not going to last eventually, you know, over time, the real you is going to come out. You know, you can't consistently have the proof of Christ in your life unless you really have Christ in your life, Uh, Christ in your heart and living in submission to the Holy Spirit. That's where we get all those things. Uh, So the only way to do those things consistently and genuinely is through the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, This Sunday, one of the verses that Josh shared and it wasn't out of Second Corinthians, it was Philippians 2 and verse 4. <clears throat> and it says, Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. And, uh, you know, when I got home, I was thinking about the message that Josh preached, and I was thinking about that verse, and I was just thinking about the whole sermon. But I was doing some reading, and while I was reading, you know, I kind of lost track of what was going on around me because I was focusing on what I was reading. But when I looked up, I noticed that my mom was watching basketball. And uh, if you know anything about me, uh, you know, I don't really care for sports. I don't watch sports. I'm, they're never on my TV. You know, I never got to do any of that stuff when I was a kid. So I never did develop an interest in sports. So I never watched sports, ever. And, uh, you know, I'd rather watch. If I had my pick... I think I would rather watch an infomercial on a, a vacuum or something than than watch sports. They just don't do nothing for me. They actually get on my nerves. But uh, but I got noticing Mom watching that basketball game, and she was getting excited about it. <coughs> so that got me excited because she hadn't felt good in a long time. She, don't, she hadn't smiled or laughed or any of that stuff. Uh, you know, she's had it pretty rough lately, and just seeing her, smile like that that made me happy and uh, it still makes me happy so now if there's a ball game on i'm all for it you know i'll put it on the ball game just to just to watch mom watch the ball game and uh you know not because i love basketball but because i love my mom <coughs> like i said i hate basketball but uh that's what philippians 2 4 is talking about you know i could have said i'm not watching that i'm flipping the channel, you know, we don't watch basketball here. You know, but what would that have, if I would have done that, if I would have just changed the channel, what would that have said to my mom, you know? It would have said to her, you know, just loud and clear that you don't matter. It would have said, you know, I don't care about you or your interest, or about your needs, or how you feel, or whether or not you're happy. You know, that's what selfishness does. And uh, if you don't have the Holy Spirit inside of you, it's easy to be selfish. You don't think about the interests of others. You don't think about the needs of others. Without the Holy Spirit, I just want to do what I want to do, and I just want to do what pleases me. But uh, what I found out was while she was watching that game, because I don't like that stuff, it got my eyes off the TV. It peeled my eyes right off the TV, and that gave me some time to get into God's Word and read and study a little bit. And uh, how many of us, and I talk to a lot of people that say this, how how many of us say all the time, I just really don't have any time to read? Uh, You know, I say that all the time. Both of my hands go up on that. Uh, I say it all the time. I don't have enough time to read. I wish I had more time to read. But how many of us watch TV? All of us, just about, I would say. I know my hands go up on that one, too. So I learned a very valuable lesson there. It's not that I don't have time to read. I just choose to do something else with my time. And, uh, you know, I learned an even more valuable lesson uh, in that little thing I just explained to you. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. Uh, The title of tonight's message uh, is served by not doing anything. And, uh, you know, and that's what I want to talk about. We can serve God by not doing things. And that sounds, you know, counterproductive. It don't sound like it makes any sense, but I will explain that. You know, like I said, I could have voiced my opinion and said I hate basketball and we were going to watch something else, but I noticed something. You know, I noticed my mom was enjoying herself and she was even laughing. She started talking about some coach, and I don't know those people's names, uh, Vilcek or Milcek or something, but every time he'd get mad and throw a fit, she'd laugh about it. And, uh, you know, she'd say, he gets so mad, he looks like he's going to bust. And uh, so we started talking about, you know, I bet the risk of heart attacks in basketball coaches is really high. And it just started a whole bunch of conversation between us that we wouldn't have had if she wasn't watching that. You know, we'd just been sitting there staring at the floor or whatever. And uh, so that got me to thinking, did I notice that stuff? Did I notice that my mom <coughs> was enjoying herself? No. You know, I didn't notice that stuff. The Holy Spirit showed me that stuff. If without him, all I would have noticed is basketballs on and changed the channel. Uh But the Holy Spirit showed me (coughs) what he was doing in that moment. You know, it wasn't about me. It was about what he was doing for her. And he showed me her interest and helped me to take an interest in it too. So the Holy Spirit was like, wait a minute, you know, don't do anything. Let her enjoy this. And by not doing anything, that allowed her to enjoy something she really liked. And it gave me time to do some reading that I always say I don't have time to do. So we were both blessed by that. But without the Holy Spirit telling me to do uh, what we just read there in that verse, taking interest in others too, that wouldn't have happened. You know, we have to have the Holy Spirit in our hearts to be able to hear those things and to notice the interest of others. Without Him, all I can see are my own interests. Like I said, all I would have noticed was basketballs on click, you know, because I don't watch it. I would have automatically went to something else. But the Holy Spirit said, hold up a minute, you know, let her watch this. You need to be reading anyway. Uh, So that's what I want to talk about tonight. And most of our text tonight is going to be coming out of Ephesians chapter 4 and uh, Ephesians chapter 5. And I want to explain a little bit. The first half of Ephesians 4... It's talking about unity in the body of Christ through the Holy Spirit. You know, we're all surrendered to the same Lord. We all have the same spirit, and when we come together in that same spirit, there should be unity in us. And it also explains the responsibilities of the leaders in the church to equip the people in the church to be able to live godly lives. And uh, that's what we're doing tonight. That's what this is about, living a godly life. Uh, But the second half of Ephesians 4 and the first half of Ephesians 5 are talking about the changes that we need to make in our lives because we belong to Jesus now. It's switching from our old sin nature and learning how to follow the Holy Spirit. Uh, In every Bible I have, and it's probably marked in your Bible too, this section of Scripture, the last part of Ephesians 4, is called Living as Children of Light. And the first half of Ephesians 5 is called living in the light. So that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. And I'm going to read uh, some verses to you, and then we'll go through and talk about some more of them. Uh, So we'll pick up in Ephesians 4, in verse 17, and I'm going to read through 24. I don't know how many of you have your Bibles. You can read along with me on the screen, or you can read your Bible. But it says, With the Lord's authority... I say this, live no longer as the Gentiles do, or i 'm going to make it even more personal don't live any longer the way you used to. you know i'm not going to live any more the way I used to, for they are hopelessly confused, and I was very hopelessly confused before Christ, and uh, this is what i 'm talking about. this is talking about we 're supposed to be switching from living in darkness to living as children of light, and uh, in our old sin nature in mild sin nature that's what we were in is darkness in verse 18 it says their minds are full of darkness and they wander far from the life god gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him they have no sense of shame they live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity but that isn't what you learned about christ Since you have heard about Jesus, since you've came to Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature. That's what we're talking about tonight, making that switch to no longer do the things I used to do and start doing the things that God has called me to. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes And that does happen if you'll uh, stick with it and just keep doing what God says. He will renew your mind. And put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Uh, You know, like I said, this is talking about going from being controlled by our sin nature and learning how to be led by the Holy Spirit. And like I said a minute ago, we can serve God by not doing anything. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about. I'm not going to read all these verses, but we're going to take a look at some of them and uh, some of the things that do show proof of Christ in our lives by not doing them. Uh, We'll start off in Ephesians 4 and verse 25. It says, stop telling lies. You know, let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. You know, even if the truth hurts, start telling the truth. You know, I can remember my old life. It was just a, just a way of living. You know, you lie about certain things, certain things you don't tell people. It was just normal. And it has to stop being normal. If we come to Christ and we're going to be living for Jesus, if we want the proof of Christ in our lives and we want other people to see Christ in our lives, then we have to stop telling lies. You know, even if the truth hurts, start telling the truth. Uh, That's the only way we can get all the things that we're afraid people are going to find out about. That's the only way we're going to get those things out in the open and not live in fear of people finding out about them anymore. Go ahead and tell the truth. Get it all out there and just be yourself. And that way you don't have to hide anymore. You don't have to try to cover things up. You don't have to pretend you can actually live in the freedom of just being yourself. And I think for me personally, that was one of the biggest reliefs I ever had in my life was not having to hide anything anymore. I could just be me. I don't have any secrets to hide. I don't have to worry about who I told what and try to keep it all figured out. There's freedom in just telling the truth. And, uh, you know, when we tell the truth and get all that stuff out in the open— then all of our focus is not going to be on ourselves and trying to protect ourselves from being found out for the, for the lies that we're telling. Like I said, there's a lot of freedom in just telling the truth. So that's one way you can serve God right there. Don't lie. You know, it's, a, it's simple. These things are simple. They don't, I'm not saying they're easy, but they are very simple. And the next one, uh, verse 26 don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Uh, you know, one of the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5.23 is self-control. Uh, without the Holy Spirit, we just can't control our anger. You know, we can try to hold it in and grit our teeth and try not to let it out, but eventually it's going to build up and it's going to explode all over Somebody. And usually that somebody is somebody that don't even deserve it. So we gotta, we got to have the Holy Spirit. Like I keep on saying, we don't have self-control without Him. But if we are submitted to the Holy Spirit, He gives us the power to have self-control and the power to control our anger instead of our anger controlling us. I think it was uh, Josh, I heard he was talking about something one night. And he said, it's like a mattress. He said, if you get underneath it, it'll smother you. But if you get on top of it, it's nice and comfortable. And that's the way it is, you know, with our anger. You know, if we get underneath it and we let it control us, it'll smother our life and it will be miserable in it. But if we get on top of it, if we let the Holy Spirit lead us and deal with our anger in a godly way, then, you know, we're in control and our anger's not. Uh, Ephesians 4 verse 28 it says quit stealing. <coughs> it says if you're a thief quit stealing. Instead use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. You know that goes right along with Philippians two four. You notice the needs of others and you give generously to them when they're in need. So quit stealing. And I think before Christ, we're all thieves in some, some way or another. You know, you not you might not be breaking into somebody's house and taking their stuff, but when you go to work, actually put in a good day's work and earn your paycheck instead of just riding the clock and taking your employer's money. You know, that's robbery. That is not an honest way to live. You know, do my part of the housework at home instead of putting all the responsibility on somebody else. That simply means... Just be honest in all that you do. You know, stealing doesn't just mean I'm taking something from you. It also means, you know, I keep bringing up Philippians and notice the interest of others, but stealing also means, you know, I'm not doing any, anything for you when I could have. I'm not putting your needs in front of mine. Uh, I'm robbing you of whatever it is that I'm not doing for you that I should be doing for you. I love this verse in James chapter 4 verse 17 he says remember it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Uh, so if you and I know we've all done this or I know I have anyway that you get an urge to do something for somebody because you know that would really help them out but you don't do it. You know when God puts those things on our heart and we just brush it off that's called grieving the Holy Spirit and the uh, Just going back to your old nature and doing what pleases you. James is saying when you know you ought to do something and you don't do it, then it is sin. Uh, So don't steal. Uh, The next one in Ephesians 4.29, it says don't use foul or abusive language. And these are all don'ts. These are things we don't do. But this is a way we serve God. This is a way that we become more like God. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. You know, before Christ, just like your anger, you don't have any control over that because you don't have any self-control without the Holy Spirit. But before Christ, you really don't have much control over what you say. We don't have much of a filter without the Holy Spirit. But if you are in Christ... And if you do have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you can control what you say. And you can control how you say it. Uh, You know, I've told you before that before Jesus, I had a pretty filthy mouth. But uh, God will clean you up if you'll bring your mouth to him. I love this verse in Proverbs 15 and verse 4. It says, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life. But perverseness therein is a breach in the Spirit. You know, if you're calling yourself a Christian and a follower of Christ, and you're still cussing, and you're still telling bad jokes, then the Bible says, then you have not surrendered your mouth to the Holy Spirit. You know, that's God's Word. That's not my opinion. That verse said, a wholesome tongue is a tree of life. And uh, go back to Ephesians 4.29, Travis. The Bible says, "Don't use foul language or abusive language." And like I said, that is not my opinion. That's what God's Word says. Let everything you say be good and helpful, so your words will be an encouragement. There's nothing that, that bothers me any more than to be in a Christian group and hear somebody telling bad words, or bad jokes, or uh, or cussing and doing stuff like that. That place has no that stuff has no place in the life of a Christian. And uh, like I said, I'm not being judgmental. That's what God's Word says. And I used to do that stuff myself. So I know for a fact God will take that stuff away from you. Uh, And another reference to that is in Ephesians 5, verse 4. It says, Obscene stories and foolish talk and coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. And I hear it all the time. People say, oh, but I don't mean nothing by it. That's just the way I've always talked. That's the whole point of this message. We're talking about the the shift from being controlled by our sin nature to being led by the Holy Spirit. You know, we've always been led by our sin nature. And if we're going to be led by the Spirit, things have to change. You know, it can't be my way all the time anymore. It has to be God's way. You know, there's the choice we have to make. Am I going to do this because that's just what I've always done, that's what I'm comfortable with? Or am I going to do things that are actually pleasing to God? You know, God's not okay with that. Uh, We can't just control our language around one crowd and then let it fly around a different crowd. Our change, if we're making a change, it should be for the Lord. It shouldn't be to impress other people in certain situations. But if we make a change, it should be for Jesus himself. And he's everywhere. It don't matter what crowd you're in. Another one of my favorite verses is Proverbs 15, 3. It says, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. So it don't matter what crowd you're in. If you truly have a relationship with Jesus yourself, you're going to know he's listening to you. He's the one that you should be concerned about. So if I'm going to change my conversation, if I'm going to change the way I'm talking, I have to do it for God because if I do it for men, then I'm going to talk one way in one crowd, talk another way in a different crowd, and we should talk the same way no matter where we are if we belong to him. Uh, In these verses here in Ephesians, Paul's talking to them and he's telling them, you know, if you want to see the proof of Christ in your life, these are things we have to stop doing you know he didn't start with giving them a list of things they need to do he started with if we're going to live a new life of Christ we got to let go of the old life you can't ride the fence you can't do both of them Uh, if you go back to Ephesians 4 verses 22 through 24 Travis this is what Paul is telling them. he's saying and this is what he's telling us throw off your old simple nature and your former way of life which is corrupted corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. You know, if we want proof of God, proof of Christ in our lives, first we have to get rid of all the things that prove the opposite. You know, we have to get rid of the things that prove that I'm not submitted to God. And, uh, you know, we should notice those things in ourselves. And we should want to change those things if we're really going to follow Christ. You know, if you go through the New Testament, there's list after list after list in there that I could stand up here and read of the things that we should be getting out of our lives. But I won't go through and read all those. Uh, You can fill in the blank yourself. Like I said, you know yourself uh, better than anybody in here. Only you and God know what is truly in your heart and you know what is in your heart that does not belong in the heart of a follower of Christ. You know, there's things that come in my heart every day, and there will be things that come in your heart every day that I know God would not approve of. So I take them, like it says in Second Corinthians 10:5, I take those things to Jesus, and I have him let me know if this is right or if this is wrong. You know, like I said, those things come in my mind all the time. But I don't they never make it out of my mouth. They don't come into conversation. And uh, you know, I'm not here to to judge you, but I do hope that this message will help you judge yourself. Like I keep saying, you know what's in your heart, I don't. But if you know something's in there that is not pleasing to God, you should want to get rid of it. Uh, if we're going to serve God by doing things for Him, we're going to have to start by not doing things for him, too. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that I won't do, and I won't do them for God. And these are the verses we're going to wind it down with here in a little bit. Uh, I'll go ahead and read these to you. In Ephesians 5, verses 8 and 9, it says, For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. You know, we've got a choice to make. Uh, are we going to produce darkness or are we going to produce light? And that's the same choice that Paul was giving the Ephesians there. Do I want to be a part of darkness or do we <coughs> do we want to not only be part of the light, do we want to be producing light? You know, this that verse says we should be producing light. But either way, our lives are producing one or the other. Every move we make, every word we say, everything we do is either producing life and light or it's producing more darkness. Uh, Pastor DJ was talking last night in Celebrate Restoration about our testimony. And a testimony that brings glory to God, a testimony that shows proof of Christ, uh, looks like this. It's, it looked like my life used to be full of all this darkness. It used to be all these bad, simple things, all this bad behavior, all this bad language, all this bad thinking. But I surrendered my life to Jesus, and he delivered me from those things. And now I live a life that does bring glory to God. And it helps those around me to see Christ too. And I can live a life that produces light. But if your life still has all those things in it, then it don't prove to anybody that Christ can help you overcome those things because it hasn't helped you overcome those things. The only way we have a good testimony to share with other people and lead them to Jesus Christ is one where we have overcame those things. We're not no longer controlled by those things. You know, we need to have a testimony that says Jesus can deliver you and I am proof of that. You know, if he hasn't If you haven't let those things go in your life, that actually gives Christ a bad name if you're going around calling yourself a Jesus follower. That makes it look like, you know, people look at you and say, well, he couldn't do it for them. He's not going to be able to do it for me either. That don't give anybody any hope. But if you tell them your testimony, man, I used to be just like that. But Jesus, now I do this. There's power in your testimony, but there's only power in it if you don't do those things anymore you know I looked up darkness in the strong concordance because I wanted to know what I was talking about before I got up here to talk about it and uh, I was kind of shocked when I saw the definition of it and that uh, you take a good look at this world that we're in and that's all you see I mean you can find good things if you look for them I'm not saying you can't there's a lot of good things out there you can find if you just look for them But the very definition of darkness is misery. You know, we see a lot of misery in this world. It's destruction. We see a lot of destruction in this world. It's death. It's sorrow. You know, how many people do we see that are just living a life just full of sorrow and misery and destruction? That is darkness. It's wickedness. It's ignorance. You know, like I keep saying, the world is full of that stuff. It's everywhere you look. But the part that really stuck out to me the most in that definition was this part. It says, darkness as a verb means to withhold the light, to keep the light from shining. (coughs) You know, when we still allow darkness in our lives and we willingly allow it and participate in it, uh, you know, we're not only don't have the proof of Jesus in our lives that people need to see, we're withholding the light that God could be shining through us if we would just get rid of that stuff and let him. But instead, we are producing more darkness. As long as we allow those things in our lives and we participate in those things, we are producing darkness. We are producing sorrow. We are producing misery. We are producing destruction. And we're keeping people from getting to the only thing that can save them. And that that is Jesus. Uh, Darkness also means to hide things, to be obscure about things, to try to keep things hidden. It means to keep things in our lives that we have to hide from other people because we don't want them to know what we're doing. And as long as we have those things in our lives, like I said a while ago, that's where all my focus is going to be. And I won't be able to let my light shine, and I won't be able to do like we read in Philippians a while ago. I'm not going to notice the interest of others because all my focus is going to be on whatever it is I'm hiding. Uh, And I won't be able to serve the Lord because I'm too busy serving the thing that I'm hiding. You know, whatever that thing is for you. You know, I tried to hide my alcohol for years, and that took every bit of focus in me because everywhere I went, I had a different method of how I hid it and who I hid it from. And, you know, that was a full-time job. I didn't have time to serve the Lord. I didn't have time to notice you because all my focus was right here on doing what I needed to do so I could take care of myself. And, you know, I don't know about the rest of you, but I've had enough of the darkness. I got to a place about eight years ago where I was like, that's it, I'm done. I don't want any more of this. I got to where I hated the darkness, and I still hate the darkness. And I hated enough to change things in my life. I hated enough to where when God says, don't do this, I'm not going to do that. I want to shine light in my life. Uh, And I hope all of you would say, too, that I've had enough of the darkness, too. And you don't want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of the light. So uh, let's do what it says in Ephesians 5, in verse 10. I like this verse. It's real short, but it'll change your life if you'll stop and actually do this. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. You know, if you stop and you you think about that before you talk, before you do things, it would stop a lot of what you do if you actually care about uh, how the Lord feels and what the Lord thinks about you. You know, is my foul language pleasing to the Lord? No, we just read that it's not. He's saying, you know, stop doing that. Is my gossip pleasing to the Lord? No. That's all through His Word. Gossip destroys. Gossip tears up relationships. Gossip destroys lives. So, no, it's not pleasing to the Lord. You know, you can go through an endless list of stuff and bring it before yourself and honestly ask yourself, does this please God? And if the answer is no, then uh, we need to change things. We need to be serving the Lord by not doing certain things. And like I said earlier, only you and God know your heart. So I would say do a self-examination. Be honest, be honest with yourself and ask the question that that verse right there is asking. Is this pleasing to the Lord? And if the answer is no, the truth is it's darkness. And if you do it and it's not pleasing to the Lord, then you're just producing more darkness in your life, in the lives of people around you, and you're hindering somebody from getting to know Christ because they can't see Christ in you if all you're producing is darkness. So bring it to the Lord and bring it to the light. The the Bible is full of verses about how God rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. That's why Jesus died for us, to rescue us from the kingdom of darkness and give us a way to enter into God's kingdom. Uh, that's what it says in Colossians 1, verse 13. I'll share one of those verses with you, but the Bible's full of verses where he's talking about he's rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. This one says, For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear Son. And that transformation that we've been talking about all night from our old sin nature to being led by the Holy Spirit All those things we keep hanging on to, they're not allowed in the kingdom of God. So if we keep hanging on to those things, there's a verse uh, in Ephesians 4 that says, People that do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. I don't want these things that I'm hanging on to in my life that are darkness to keep me from entering the kingdom of God. I want to enter the kingdom of God, and I want you to too that's why I get up here and preach this stuff I want you to know the truth and I want you to be able to make a decision that will lead you in the right direction and not just keep floating along thinking you're okay because if you have those things in your life they're not okay God is not pleased with them and he says they are not all right. like I said there's many more verses where he's talking about getting us out of the kingdom of darkness but I don't have time to go through all of them The point is this. uh, We don't belong to the darkness. We never have. We belong to God. We belong to Jesus Christ. When he died on the cross, he paid the price for us. He redeemed us with his blood. He bought us. We belong to Jesus. But but like I keep saying, that's a choice. Uh, Here's a good thing to do. If somebody was investigating your life, you know, what would the evidence say? Would it prove that you belong to Christ and that you belong to the light? Or would the evidence say that you belong to the darkness? You know, that's a, that's a pretty straightforward question to ask yourself. And like I keep saying, only you know what's in your heart. I don't, but God does, and I know you do. Uh, so if somebody investigated you, what would the evidence tell them? You know, that's a, that's a pretty tough question to ask yourself. But like I said, I've had enough of the darkness. I want all the light I can get. Uh, I've seen what it did to my life. I've seen what it did to the life of those people around me. And uh, I don't want any more of that. So that's our homework this week. Examine your life and see how you can serve God this week by not doing something. And that's going to have to be intentional. You know, We've been doing these things all our life. We've been relying on our sin nature all our life. in a lot of things, that's the only way we know to live. The only way we're going to change it is to see it in God's Word and read it where it says, do not do this, and then go make a choice. I'm not going to do that. Even though I've been doing it my whole life, I'm going to make it a decision, and I'm going to stand firm it that I'm not going to do that because God says not to. Uh, you know, maybe it's complaining. That don't bring any glory to God. We hear a lot of it, and we do a lot of it. But that don't bring any glory to God. That is darkness. And maybe it's gossip, like we talked about a little bit ago. Or maybe it is foul language. You know, make it your goal this week to speak just a little bit slower and uh, think about it and do what we just read in Ephesians 5 and verse 10. You know, is this pleasing to God? And if it's not, then bite your tongue and don't say it and figure out a different way to say what you were fixing to say I had to do that. It took me a while to rewrite my vocabulary because it, you know, I had to get a lot of words out of it. And that wasn't, it didn't happen overnight. You can make the decision in your heart in a split second I'm going to stop talking like that because it's tearing the name of God down. And uh, if you just speak slow and think about what you're saying, you will be able to overcome that with the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so ask yourself does this please the Lord examine your life and see what it is or what is and what is not pleasing to God and ask him to help you with it and he will Uh, he helped me I know he'll help you too and here's a here's a good verse for you that'll help you do that Ephesians 5 verse 1 just the first two words imitate God that's all you gotta do imitate God that's That's not a tall order, is it? Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do because you are his dear children. Children reflect their parents. You know, if God is my father and I belong to him, then people should be able to see God in me. And uh, they should be able to find God through me. You know, imitate God. And uh, I've shared these verses with you before, but I want to share them with you again. And if you prayerfully read these, And mean it, God will help you with these. In Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you. you got to give God the right to do this. God's not just going to poke around and yank stuff out of your life. You're going to have to give God the authority in your life to do this. Ask God, say, point out anything in me and be willing to let that go that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. He will lead you on the path of everlasting life. But you can't do any of this stuff without the Holy Spirit. Like I've been saying, we don't have our own strength and uh, all we have is our sin nature. We're not even going to want to change without the Holy Spirit. So it all starts... I mean, with surrendering your life to Christ. And if you've never done that, uh, that's how you receive the Holy Spirit. And I always want to give you a chance at the end of every message. to, If you've never surrendered your life to Christ, uh, or if you have surrendered your life to Christ, and you've went back to your old nature, and you want to change that tonight, then it's right there where you are, watching online, sitting out here in your seat, in your car, at home, wherever you're at. All you got to do is say, God, I'm willing and I'm ready to get serious about my relationship with you. I've not been living the way I know I should. There's still things in my life that I want to bring to you, and I want you to help me to get rid of those. Or if you've never surrendered your life to him, tell him that. I know I need you as my Lord, and I've never surrendered to you. And if you tell God that right where you are, he will meet you right there. And... uh, he will save you. I'll give you some scriptures on that. In Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, it says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. So if today is the day that you are surrendering your life to Christ. The Bible says tell somebody about it. You know, pick up your phone call somebody or tell somebody face-to-face, hey, I surrendered my my life to Jesus today. And be proud about it, because the Bible says once you've done that, then you are saved. And when you do that, your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, and you will receive eternal life when you leave this earth. Uh, It sounds too good to be true, but it really is that simple. And don't tell yourself that you've been too bad and God won't have you, and don't listen to anybody else if they tell you you've been too bad and God don't want you. Because Romans 10 and 13 says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. He won't reject anybody. If you bring your heart to Him and surrender it to Him, He'll save you right there. And I always like to share Romans 5 and verse 8. You know, that's the whole reason Jesus came to die for us, is because we were sinners. And it says, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were sinners. So, you know, don't listen to people to tell you you've got to get it all together, you've got to straighten up, and then come to church. That, that is backwards. You come to Jesus just as you are, and he will put his Holy Spirit in you, and uh, then you'll have the power to get your life straightened out and live a godly life that you want to live. Uh, I'm looking forward to next week's message. Next week, we're going to be taking a look at the 40 years the children of Israel spent in the, in the wilderness. I was thinking this week, what did they do for 40 years? You know, they're in the desert. There's nothing there. There's nothing to do. So, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to be checking that out next week. Uh, and I, don't, I feel like God wants me to share this tonight. Here's something for us not to do. You know, don't tell people which translation of the Bible to read. You know, let the Holy Spirit (coughs) deal with each person as he will. You know, I study with the King James at home. I'm using an NLT tonight. I've got other Bibles that I search. It don't matter what translation you're using. If you're seeking God, you will find God. The Holy Spirit will reveal himself to you. You know, if you've got a certain Bible that you like, that's fine. Use it. But don't, don't push your translation of the Bible on anybody. The Holy Spirit is the one that reveals the truth of God. It don't matter if somebody has a children's Bible. They can get just as much truth about God as you can through all of your books. That's called self-righteousness when we think my way is the only way to God. Uh, Jesus Christ is the only way to God. and he's, It don't matter what translation they have. If you want somebody to know Jesus, then the best way to do that is just get to know him yourself, and uh, they'll see him through your life. But that's my message tonight, and I hope that really helps somebody, and I hope it wakes, uh, opens the eyes of some people to see maybe I don't need this in my life, you know? Maybe this is what's holding me back from living the life I want to live. But uh, let's do that self-examination this week. And do like that verse, Ephesians 5 and verse 10 says, you know, run things by God. See if it's pleasing to Him first. And if it's not, then just don't do it. But let me pray for us, and we will be dismissed. Thank you all again for coming out if you're here in person. And thank you again for watching if you're tuning in online. Father, thank you for this message. (coughs) I know I really needed it in my life right now, Lord. uh, It's helping me to be more careful About things that I think about, things that I'm gonna say, things that I'm gonna do. Lord, please help me to to run everything by you and make sure that it is pleasing to you, God, before I do it instead of just running blind and uh, doing things without any thought at all. God, I just pray that you would lead us and guide us in the things that we do, in the things that we say, and how we treat others, God, so that we will have proof in our lives to show people that you do have power you do save and that you are real god we thank you that you did love us enough to come and die for us on the cross and we just thank you for being so good to us god i just pray for all the people that are sick i pray you comfort them and help them to to heal quickly so they can get back in here with us and lord i just pray you help us all to get home safely and it's in jesus name i pray amen